The next team we want to talk about is Chennai. I love this team because how they were set up. I love the coach because the way he spoke to the media. I mean, there's always the you know that always adds to the way you look at him. He was amazing with the, how open he was and things like that. He really tried to explain things. Uh, he's tactically very astute. I don't think they outplayed, uh, out-tacticked him, let's say, in any game as such. Not that I remember off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But absolutely goal-shy. Absolutely goal-shy to such an extent that their XG is insane and they score little goals. So you, is it, what do you attribute this to? Is it a good coach? When a bad team or a team that underperformed or it was a coach's fault for not getting that performance, I know the discussion you had in goal, uh, goal quiz, and I know where Raghu stands in this, but uh, I am a supporter of the coach, Chavalasla. So, uh, what, where do you stand? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the few things Raghu and I disagreed on that I actually think they should have um, retained Chava. And um, I think he's a very, very good coach because I think why I say that is look, in any league, there's only going to be one coach who wins the title at the end of the season. So you, you can't just be, to quote Elko's phrase about a scoreboard um, analysis. Mm. Yes, good coaches, like you win a league, sometimes it's luck, obviously it's good coaching, etc. But only one person's going to win it. It doesn't mean the other 10 coaches are bad coaches. Um, you can judge coaches by different metrics. I mean, some of them like what we said about FC Goa, you can t- you're having to rebuild. That's a massive, massive challenge. Um, having to play with youngsters and not many foreign players, like what Manolo Marquez did at Hyderabad, that's a massive challenge. Um, and he did that. Um, Khalid Jamil having to take a team in the middle of the season and and go on an unbeaten run like that. That's a different challenge. And there's some coaches who, over the years, you know, they play attractive football but just don't get the result. So, but they play the right way. And then there's, I think, coaches also who bring through a lot of good young Indian talent and make Indian players better, but may not get the results because they just don't have the squad for it. And I think in some ways you could say bits of all of those coaching attributes are there in Chaba in a way, because I think he made some of the Indian players a lot better than they were. Like I think he improved Rahim Ali really well. I think Chankte became a better all-round footballer um, under him. Um, but... I think even Vishal K to an extent improved. But the results just weren't there. And is that partly because of the personnel? Because, you know, it's a 20-game season and 70% of the time he was unbeaten, Chaba. But 11 draws, same amount as Hyderabad. And, but in a lot of those games, if you look at it, they had chances to win it. Like, he, he set his team up so well against Mumbai. They should have gone. They were winning 1-0. Should have held on till halftime. Blunders at the back, whether it was defenders, goalkeepers, and then missing, squandering chances up front. And yeah, once, twice, you can say it's unlucky, but over the course of the season, I think you've got to look at the recruitment and say a certain system has worked for Chennai in the past with you know getting a winger when most people don't sign uh, wingers in the ISL. You normally go down the spine. You know they've had Nelson in the past. They've had others. And they went with Fatulo and he just didn't deliver in terms of goals and uh, assists. Then you've gone with two strikers, Inisma and Jakob Silvestre, and neither of them could could combine, you know, manage to fulfill what Valskis did. So nothing defensively, as much as uh, they played so, together for so often, 
they just didn't do a good enough job, I think, uh, at least Sabia and, um, and uh, I forgot his name. Sipovic, yeah, Anna Sipovic. So, you know, you can sit back and say, oh, Crevillaro's injury was crucial. As soon as he was gone, it was gone. But I just think they could have had a bit better balanced squad, both in terms of Indians and foreigners. The moment you know, one right back was injured, the backup wasn't there. The moment certain players got injured, they just didn't have good enough strength and depth. And a lot of times you couldn't even blame Chava because he'd look at the bench needing to make a sub. And he, he couldn't because, you know, you can't take off a certain players and put some of the kids that they had on the bench. They just couldn't fulfill that role for them. So I think he did a tremendous job tactically because he always seemed to have the right tactics for the opponent. Players just and got themselves in the right position, but just either didn't put the ball in the back of the net or on the other side would commit some silly individual errors that just cost them the game whether it's the goalkeeper, the centre-backs, um, and even in midfield at times. So I, I, I just think they were just... Yeah, it's almost like a sob story team, the one everyone felt sorry for. So. Absolutely. Do you think he'll stay on uh, in India? I hope someone picks him up. I mean, uh, I, and this will be another slightly controversial point, but I actually think somebody like him would be an ideal coach for the Indian national team. No, I, I can see that. I can, yeah, because I think he, he he's got the patience, he works well with the youngsters. Yeah, he'll improve Indian players and he wants to improve players. He wants to improve individuals. He speaks well. I think he understands the league, he understands the country. And um, I think just, you know, we talk about sometimes, you as journalists anyway, you guys realize it where sometimes national team coaches may not be as open with you. Um, mm. and, or want, you know, he'd, he'd be very, I think he, he's probably the most open coach in a way. Um, yeah. Chabba. And Him I think and that his experience, in, absolutely, yeah, both of them. And I think his experience that he has and his tactical knowledge, if he had more time to work with players, um, which sometimes you don't have that luxury at national team level. But I just think he just was a breath of fresh air this season, certainly. Yeah, I really, really, uh, one of the great regrets is that I couldn't get a podcast out of him. We tried, but the fixtures were just, it was never conducive. When it was happening, I was not feeling Or maybe you should maybe you should still try now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll still do it. Uh, I mean, I tried to speak to uh, John Gregory, you know, last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, all my WhatsApp went uh, red, but unreplied. So, so you never know how it pans out. Also, but uh, anyway, I, I love that team. Uh, I hope. Uh, I mean, I wish he would have stuck on. Probably had a probably a better season coming next year. And I just something you touched on, and I think you mentioned this before the in the preview part also about Patulo and a player like him, who's a West Asian player. Not many of them, like uh, Tursuna was there in Trau uh, as well from uh, Tajikistan. When I did an interview with him, I never uh, got a chance to write anything because there was never a, he didn't give me any opportunity to write when he wrote something. But mm-hmm. how difficult is it when there is a player like him who's from a completely different culture, from everyone in the team, does not speak the language with anybody. Is it? Does that, is that a detriment? Is that why the teams generally do not go for a West Asian player most of the time? Um, see, I think, in, look, in the past, people used to say that I-League clubs don't go for European players because language and, sorry, weather and other reasons, they won't adjust to India. And, you know, And BFC, we sort of you know, blew that out of the window in terms of 
having Englishmen who, you know, weather wasn't really an issue, went on to win stuff. Um, you know, in terms of Australians in the past, they used to struggle with the exception of probably Tollgate. Um, Aussies used to struggle to culturally adapt over here into in the I League days. And then if you look at it now with everyone having an Aussie, I think yeah, yeah. they've done really well this season. Yeah, so I think um, it's about how the club's uh, atmosphere is. And this season with a bubble, I mean, who knows? Yeah, who would have and wouldn't have adjusted well in this season? It's it's a unique one, and um, you know, it's it's tough to judge that. I think, but you know, Chennai have always been a little bit different. If you look at it, last year they had a Maltese player in Chambri. They had Balskis from was it Lithuanians. Mm. So you, they've always gone a little bit sort of out of their way in, in terms of not follow the norm of how the league does it. And sometimes they've got to write brilliantly and sometimes it hasn't worked. And, um, you know, Kerala at one stage had a few Eastern Europeans altogether. Uh, mm. You know, Poplatnik, uh, Stojanovic, etc. And that didn't necessarily work either. So where you've mm. got all of them. So I think it's, um, I don't think that that's, that's a factor as such because each player is an individual and you know, some will... You know, we've had Japanese players who come here and adapt really well. Some have absolutely struggled with the food and the water and travel and this and that. And some have just, um, you know, blended in really well. So, so now that you've bought in Kerala Blasters, uh, maybe, but none of their uh, recruitments really work all the time. So let's go with that. And they had a season that, I mean, it followed the script. You know, they didn't play. They played, huh, okay, here. They didn't really, they spent a lot of money. The big players didn't play very well. Uh, their coach got sacked. And uh, again, Ishfa Kama took over. And in the end, they were just mm-hmm. playing because, you know, there is nothing else to do but play. So that kind of a thing. Great fan, fans. Again, a lot of fanfare. Uh, and the Malu Instagram was really hilarious once Kerala Blasters started playing. The way they were going after them was really, really funny. But uh, generally, again, the talk up once more with a team who has the probably could be the flagship team of ISL in terms of the reach, size, fan base, everything. Again, absolute flop. No, no, it's sad because we, I think we, me and you say this every season at the start, could this be better? And then at the end of the season, we're always uh, <laughs> back to saying the same thing. It's just like how you expect Jamshedpur to finish in the middle of the table. You expect now almost Kerala Blasters to finish at the bottom of the table. And it's sad and it's not fair on those fans because it's, you know, they have tremendous fan support. Every year they just fed this false hope that things will be better this season. But, you know, it's almost like it's the definition of insanity, which is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting a different result. And, you know, we could have predicted this, this as you just said, at the start of the season, it's like there are five things that are going to happen. One is the foreign players won't live up to expectations. Two, there's going to be injuries. Three, they'll be overhyped about one or two Indian players who've had one good game and then don't live up to that hype. Then defensive wars. And then, as you said, coach getting sacked at the end of it. It's almost like those five things happen every single season. And you've got to start asking why they happen every single season. If it happens once or twice, you're like, all right, we've just been unlucky this season, like what we said about Chennai's. It happens twice, you start to think, okay, it's not the coach now because, you know, Elko was there and he played good football, but you only got four wins. 
a coach who won the I League, played good football under at Mondragon, now only picks up three wins. And the case is the same for the last couple of seasons. And injuries in preseason. So this year we're hearing that they did some medicals on players, etc. Which in the past they weren't even doing medicals. So some improvement on that side. But if it's the same medical team, you know, the physios, the same doctors and everything that's been at the club for the last couple of seasons, maybe you should start wondering whether it's time to replace them. Similarly, if your recruitment of foreign players, I mean, if I don't know who brought in Costa and Kone, one of them, um, I think Bakari Kone hadn't played for over a year. So I, I cannot understand the logic and how you'd sign a player who hasn't played. Normally you look at videos and look at their most recent form and etc. But unless you're trying to say, listen, we're gaining an advantage here by picking somebody that no one else is looking at, it just doesn't make sense. And again, the balance, you look at their midfield options, they're all too similar in a way. Um, you know, once Cito got injured, you'd think they'd go out with a more and get somebody that they didn't have. And they went and got one day, which almost was a more defensive-minded player and very similar to, in a way, to Vicente Gomez. So it just doesn't make sense in a way the the logic in, in, in how they recruit a lot of their um, foreign players. And, and another thing is, if you look at some of the club's recruitment, and like Naughty's credit to them for this, and, and other teams, if, irrespective of whether your team has a good season or not, at the end of the season, other clubs might come in and say, we'll pick Aridane off of you and you know, Hyderabad picked him off of Odisha. So even though that team didn't make the playoffs, people saw value in an individual player and he moved on. Um, and we've seen that in the past with, you know, whether it's Obeche at um, Northeast and I'm sure Gallego might get a move. And there's been, you know, a lot of players like that who've done well at one club, like Avalskis, etc. You don't often see many Kerala Blasters players being picked to go and play for some other team the following season. Um, which leads you to believe that the recruitment wasn't good enough. Nobody else. And this is not, it's not my opinion. It's not your opinion. This is the opinion of all other 10 teams in the league, that they didn't see too much value in any of these players, that they'd go on and pick them. So, you know, that begs the question about that. And then lastly, when it comes to the Indian recruitment, Indian player recruitment, I think, you know, you, you let go or lose a player like Sunday, obviously very tough to replace. The, the way they went about in a lot of their Indian player recruitment as well just doesn't give them the right balance for what they need. So I think unless they change that, whoever's in charge of their Indian recruitment, I don't know whether it's that's up to the Indian assistant coach um, or whether it's up to the sporting director, who again is new to India. So I doubt he'll know too much about strengths and weaknesses of Indian players. So it's just a very confused sort of club where I think I said this once in commentary where it's almost as if somebody's gone out to buy some Lego blocks for a kid to play with, but they've gone and got different, you know, three different lots from different manufacturers and they just don't fit together. And and that's what it is. So individually they're fine. Like obviously Hooper's a very good player. So is Jordan Murray. They're good strikers. Um, there's no doubt Vicente Gomez is a very good player, as is Facundo Pereira. And, you know, you, you've got good young Indian players like uh, Jeekson, you've got Sandeep Singh there, you've got, uh, you know, 
Nishukumaro, that these are good, good defenders. But together, they just don't fit into one system or the other. So they just don't, the interlocking pieces almost don't work together. And I think that's what they just haven't figured out quite yet. <clears throat> I, I agree with you. And on top of that, in my head, no, they're a little bit of a comedy club. Because, and this is me coming from a, someone who's from Kerala. And I grew up without really having you know, a big team around to watch. By the time I got into football, this SBTs and Kerala police was much before. SBT was mm-hmm. down, Viva Kerala was down, you know, all those kind of things. We didn't really have a, a team as such. Now we have two. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the same time, Kerala Blasters, when you look at them, they're a bit of a comedy club in that. They will do all this social media hangama in the beginning, uh, retire mm-hmm. Sunday Singhan shirt, which I still don't understand. Why yeah, that's they decided to do yeah. that's absolute bullshit. And then you go and let go of a player like Rakip, who was doing very well. And then yeah. you buy uh, Nishu, and you already have Ruvatara, and you have Jessel. Now I hear they are signing Hormipan and mm-hmm. Sanjeev Stalin also from Portugal. He is playing yeah. in the third division or something. That's a team full of wingbacks right there. Yeah. And then yeah. you have Prashant, who's when I was driving to, to like this, this year, I had a lot of traveling in Kerala to do, as you, as you would know, I had to drive up and down a yeah. lot from uh, yeah. Alapura to Karikit. And I would see Prashant and Sahal and somebody else on the, on the billboards. And confuse yeah. me, like, Prashant is still there. And you had a chance, like, say, Northeast went and picked up Mashur. Uh, they yeah. picked up uh, VP Suhair. VP Suhair, so, yeah. Yeah, from there, from Chennai, and then you know, like Chennai City and teams like in I League teams, they go and pick them up, and they suddenly became big stars. You're missing out yeah. on all these people who could add so much value, right? Being from Kerala and being really good players. Absolutely. I mean, you, you look at I, I saw a couple of them playing for uh, Gokulam recently. I thought like there's a guy, and and a couple of others in the Emil I League. Ben- like there's a Emil Benny, there's that uh, Muhammad, uh, somebody midfielder who plays for uh, Gokulam, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and some really good players. There's without a doubt, there's plenty of plenty of talent in uh, uh, in the state. But I think they don't have enough people from that state within that club. If you look at within the within the technical side of that club, most of them aren't from there. So whether they spend enough time in that state during the off season, whether they follow the uh, the Kerala Premier League, which is going on at the moment, whether they you know. Uh, scout enough or believe enough and or maybe is it that you know that's almost part of the problem because some of these kids now the moment you are on a billboard everywhere you start to believe that you've made it and you it's almost gone to your head in a way so you're happy with that hype you're recognized everywhere in the state but you don't have to perform because um, you're already a big star in a way so yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's it's they've got. A, I mean, a lot of the things which other clubs would be jealous of. I mean, that fan base is brilliant. I mean, that's what every ISL team and every many teams across the world would want. That kind of a fan base, the ability to fill that stadium with that kind of passionate support. But um, yeah, it just doesn't doesn't um, yeah doesn't transpire I, I, on the field. Absolutely, I agree, and uh, I would swearly. Like, I, I, if you've listened to this podcast, I always say I want to be TD for Kerala Blasters. 
because i don't mm-hmm. think i can do a worse job than uh, what ishak and mohammad rafiq is also there i think even now uh, who, mm-hmm. who who went upwards when as the ozone team went downwards that he was working before so yeah. it just seems yeah. all over the place and and their and their b team just got trashed by kerala united 3-1 i was watching that game yeah yeah i saw that i saw that yeah 3-1 today and i think the guy who ran the show was arjunan jairaj who was uh, <laughs> who they let go yeah. yeah so it just seems like there is something really really wrong over there and uh, speaking of teams where they got it really really wrong east bengal <laughs> bad coaching or bad team i know you had your uh, the most entertaining bit from uh, what's his name shit okay ravi howler <laughs> Yeah. The, whole, the whole season was the question that you asked and his uh, insane reaction to it because on the field i didn't think east bengal was great six people kept uh, you know arguing that they have great foreign players but bright seemed like more interested in dribbling than actually doing anything with the ball other than that pilkington was shooting from all over the place magoma and seenman is okay but by and large even their fox at the back was also not that great so bad team because they're Indian contingent was also not that great. The foreign recruitment was also not that great. Or bad coaching. So I think like everyone made all these excuses about the team was built for I League and not for ISL. And you know, you could you could make that argument about if Hyderabad FC had a bad season, you could say a lot of inexperienced kids and you know foreign players weren't even available for a large part of the season. Northeast, you could say, you know, you could say the same about. what with the players we just spoke about sharif and um, sorry so suhair and um mashur and etc so obviously players who were playing in their first season in isl were formerly i league players and people who were experienced i league players as well as isl players were also former i league players so you've got the likes of you know eugene and kutej and whatever reno ck balwant all these guys are i league winners they're not just players or they've come straight from the I league with no experience these guys have won the I league so they've proven players who can play football so to make statements like oh these kids have you know these are these guys have never been coached before that was a bit ridiculous. that was a ridiculous statement and the moment you make those statements obviously in public imagine what the players go back and and are feeling and that's why it's even more bizarre to come from somebody who's been an ex player to make such um statements and then to go and change it If, if the problem is they've never been coached before so then what's the solution to go and play more and more youngsters and it seemed to be a lot of the youngsters who allegedly had come from one particular academy in, in Manipur or through a certain contact and the yeah. same players were then being played who if the argument is they've never been coached is then the new argument that since these have never been coached that a blank canvas and we can train them to play our way and those were all set in their old way of playing and they can't adjust to the way we're playing and as i said you can judge coaches by winning at the end of the season how many matches did they win or what titles did they win or did they play attractive football or did they improve indian players if you look at their season at the end of the season were any of the indian players improved significantly from the start to the end i can't think of anyone no i I mean Narayan Das is probably their most impressive player. Narayan Das has had 100 caps in the ISL and been playing in Indian football for since his Pilan Arrows days which is over 10 years now. So mm-hmm. and I think Narayan Das is as good a player today as he was 
he's always been that sort of six and a half, seven out of ten um, kind of left back. Um, I don't think any Indian player improved over the course of their season comparatively. Like if you look at Awana Puya improved or uh, Akash Mishra improved or Ashish Rai or Dipin. In every team you can pick a few Indian players who really improved. Um, even in, in the teams like Jamshedpur and Bangalore who didn't have great seasons. But in East Bengal, you probably couldn't really say that. And then to come to your point about the foreign players, given how much hype and expense was there with these foreigners, and you know these guys have played in the Premier League and played at very, very high levels, they should have been able to do a lot better. Because if the Indian players were supposedly not well coached and hadn't been taught how to play football properly, surely these foreign players would be able to fill, fill the gaps. But... Once again, I don't think they were the best foreigners in the league, if you compare them with some of the other foreigners across the league. And, you know, I think it wasn't until the last game that Amadi Holloway scored. So, yeah, you could say, well, once not up to par, or CK Benitez passed his best, and JJ was passed his best, but the foreign striker that Robbie Fowler brought in had scored three goals in the last three years until the last game of the season. And then it's in that 6-5 game that he suddenly scored two. And now he's got five goals in the last three years. So five goals in the last three years is not very good readings for, for a striker. So And even Bright had a little weird thing, right? He played one game for the last team. Or something like that. I was looking at the transfer market right. stats or something. Yeah, I mean, Bright was like a Sony Nordi without goals and assists. Was, <laughs> then it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, he would just... It just just impress you with his dribbling, but you know it, it, there's a lot more to the game than that. And you know, but in in but one thing I was impressed with the start of the season was the way they played. I mean, they played differently from a lot of other teams. The way they set themselves up, they were very fluid. You could play with a back four, back three in the same system that the players could adjust. Um, and even that first game where they had to play against ATK Mohan obviously tough opponents to play in your first ever ISL match. They played good football. They had good possession. But at that point, I remember asking Robbie, uh, Robbie at the end of the match, and I said, do you think you're missing a number nine? And I, I hear you're in the market for a number nine. And he said, oh, don't believe the rumors. And they didn't go out and buy a number nine. They bought um, Bright, who was not a number nine. And I think if you look at throughout the course of the season, they didn't have a genuine number nine. So they didn't have that focal point. So you had Pilkington play in that position. You had... Uh, Balwant, you had JJ, you had Vineet, you had uh, Harman, you had so many different people try to play in that position. And ultimately, I think that's what was missing. They just didn't have either focal points or whether that's the tactics and how he chose to play, which seems a bit bizarre for someone who's played as a striker his whole career, to try and have a system whereby you're going to try and dominate possession, dominate the ball, but try and score without having an actual goal threat. And, you know, ultimately that's in a way what cost them. I mean, they were one of the lowest scoring teams in the league. So that's probably why they finished where they are. And I think if you, you just had a 10 goal a season striker to them, they probably would have finished a couple of places yeah, higher, which in given their short season that they had, the short preseason, short term to recruit, etc., would have been pretty impressive rather than where they ended up. That said, I think no one's really surprised where they finished up because, again, short preparation time. So they all they had all the excuses. It's the way they finished where they did and the way the whole 
negativity around constant complaints about something or the other every game sort of left a sort of bad taste. It just wasn't what you'd expect of a legendary club like East Bengal. They were always, like, you'd always be worried about facing an East Bengal in the past. It was a tough team. And when you, if it wasn't for a pandemic, you played in a bubble. You know, going and playing in that, in, in Salt Lake or any stadium in, in Kolkata with that fan base, that alone would be massive intimidation for opposition teams because of the, you know, the crowd that they get and the fantastic support they get. And they probably wouldn't have put up with some, some of these performances as well. So there might have even been changes made sooner. Um, so just overall a disappointment season, one that you probably just want to erase from the, uh, from the history books and then start afresh next season. Yeah. I also feel like they, a lot of the players didn't get, a lot of the players did not get their fair um, run of games. Considering they were not going to challenge the title and they were sort of trying to figure out how to play, it seemed he tried JJ at the beginning, threw him out, brought him back at the end. Uh, Eugene was in and out. After the red card, he never really featured. Uh, the same with CK Vinita as well. And there were quite a few other Indian players. Even Ajay Chetri, I felt that was his moment to go and, you know, we've seen him play in the local division. Yeah. To go and sort of establish himself a little bit more. But nothing seemed to work. It feels like they didn't get the chance. And uh, certain other players, even after not uh, playing that well, kept staying. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, if you speak to a lot of the players who were there last season at that club, I mean, they've got not many positive things to say about the coaching. Exactly. I've spoken to a couple of the players and they said there were cliques and divisions within the team and in terms of like the way training was and, and all this and this. Is, but you never know with players because players who who are not in the team not will not necessarily give a sort of positive feedback about how things are going and um, the ones who are either reluctant to talk um, or whatever but general feeling behind even behind the scenes coming from from the players who are within that system they, especially the ones who left and moved on to other clubs wasn't very positive about the the entire environment inside the inside the football club and the way things were handled so um, no real surprise if, if a lot of what of those players are saying is true then it's not surprising where they finish the season. Absolutely. And that brings us to the last team, uh, Odisha. And the, there is three or two years ago when they were still uh, Delhi. Delhi, and yeah. There was a start like, oh, look, they have youngsters. They have the Vinitrais and the Daniels and everyone. They were building a team for the future. And they're going to be, three years down the line, they're going to be a good unit. At what yeah. point does it become naive uh, to keep doing the same thing without actually getting there. Because again, they have a team that is young and sort of built for the future. And again, it doesn't, it just doesn't seem to work. No, I think you've got to find the balance sometimes. I mean, it's great having young players that give you a certain amount of energy, like we saw with Hyderabad FC or, you know, the likes of Nintoys and Apoyas, etc. at um, Northeast. But you need to have that balance of a little bit of experience not necessarily always on the field, but even in the dressing room and training. So it doesn't get carried away. I mean, if you look at it in that dressing room, who's the senior voice? I mean, you're looking at sort of like either Kamal or, you know, maybe a Vinith Rai. I mean, who, who are players going to look up to? Who's going to be a vocal Indian player in that dressing room? I mean, in, in all the others, I mean, even like like a Northeast with the young players, you've still got Ashi, um, Ashdosh Mehta, you've got Gurjinder, you've got, uh, you know, Indian players who've been around for a while at the top level of one stuff. 
um, and obviously Subhashish Roy uh, as well, which, and you know, Hyderabad, you've got your Adil Khans, you've got Subhata Pauls, etc. So just lacking that senior presence in, in, in an Indian player on the field or in the dressing room and in training probably was something they missed out on. And maybe if not on the field, in the coaching department, you've got a novice in terms of like obviously Stephen Dice has never coached before. He's just somebody who's done his licenses and now been thrown into this Indian assistant role where he's not, you know, he hasn't, hasn't got experience of under 15 or under 13 I-League or under 18 I-League or a reserve team or anything. He's just been thrust into this position. So I think a little bit too much inexperience in, on the Indian contingent side. And another team where the foreigners just, you know, it just looked like it wasn't put together with a cohesive thought because um, Manuel Onwu, yeah, he scored seven at the end of last season of four games, but three of them came in the last game, a hat-trick. So you almost sometimes have to discount that last game of the season because it's a, it's, it's a game where, you know, teams have given up and it doesn't, it's an in, in, insignificant game, but inconsequential game. So three goals in that game, but it's, it's almost like saying he scored three goals in preseason friendly. So if you discount that three, you got you know four goals in the last three games. So you have to start looking at those goals. Were they defensive mistakes? Were they thing? Or was Onward just this unbelievable player that just didn't click at BFC? Because you know this season he looked more like the player that was at BFC for most of that season. So that was a mistake in one way, perhaps. Then you know Cole Alexander, I think, was a good signing by. Joe Baxter obviously worked with them and knew the system and he looked like a very decent player. Similarly, I think Joe Baxter brought um, Diego Maurizio, who looked like a good player. Um, but then the rest of the the recruitment, I think Taylor and Trapp. Trapp seemed, from what I've heard, more of a right back, played more as a right back and looked more comfortable when he played as a right back than when he played alongside Steven Taylor. And I think Taylor, as some people were saying, looks like maybe underestimated this league and thought it would be a little bit easier and come here with his experience itself, he'd be able to cope with it, but found it a lot, a lot tougher. So I think the foreign recruitment wasn't probably the best um, in terms of it. And, you know, there's a lot said about whether Marcelino was a problem there, wasn't fitting in with Baxter, et cetera, et cetera. And having worked with him, he's one of those, if you, if you know how to manage him and get the best out of him, he can be a match winner. But when it's, if he doesn't believe into the system or he doesn't buy into the system, then he can, can also be quite detrimental to the whole, whole setup. And I think there were too many, too many problems behind the scenes with players, you know, coaching staff, et cetera, et cetera, where the whole thing just broke down at some point. What did you make of Baxter, though? <clears throat> Seemed like a pedig- coach with some pedigree. It said some really, really uh, unsavory things on TV to lose his job. But- Probably was sitting around losing his job. Yeah, I mean, by the start of the season, I had sort of high hopes, and a lot of us had Odisha's dark horses because Baxter had really, really good pedigree. And I spoke to some people in South Africa that played under him, um, and they spoke very, very highly of him. So he's one of the best coaches they'd worked with, and uh, and seemed quite knowledgeable. And I think again, just coaching can be lucky and unlucky at times. If you look at the game against ATK um, Mohan where I think he tactically got it absolutely spot on. They should have probably scored a couple of 
clear head chances which they had from set pieces and just didn't go their way. And in the last minute of the game, naivety of young player like Henry and marking mismatch and whatever, and Krishna scores that last minute goal. If they'd taken that victory off of Eta Game on Vagana, then you start looking at things in a different in a different light. And quite a few times their season could have turned um, on moments of that and that inexperience probably cost them or lack of proper players in certain positions. So I think he was trying to patch up a lot of deficiencies. And I think in the end, that frustration probably just got to him. And sadly, um, he said what he said, which was, you know, knowing knowing the kind of person he is, I'm just, it's, it's not something that, um, you know, can't read into someone's thoughts, but it's then there's, there's nothing more the club could have done or anyone could have done. Once once you say something like that in this day and age, it's, you know, you have to go. Um, there's no sort of, there's no way you can sort of justify that kind of thing, which is, which was sad in a way, because I thought he, he was trying really hard to try and salvage a lot of the situation out of that club. Um, but it just was just too many issues. I think too many, it was like plugging your fingers into too many, too many holes in a dike. There were just too many issues there that he had to solve. So. Yeah, absolutely. He was another one I was trying to get uh, on the podcast because his back backstory is amazing. Like, so he went to this, the life in Sweden and uh, mm-hmm. the friendship with us and Wenger and uh, being in Japan and you know all those kind of things. But again, uh, it feels like I probably shouldn't do podcasts with coaches because the day at least Gerard knows he got sacked. So, and now we have Chabalaslo and Stuart Baxter as well. Yeah. So, we, uh, we used to joke that uh, Nea shouldn't ask the questions to coaches afterwards because every coach that she did the post-match interviews with, the next day they would lose their job. So, <laughs> so she, she she had the curse this year. No, okay, so I'll blame her too. I'll, I'll just excuse myself. So listen, now that we touched on all the teams, I want your team of the year. It's it may probably okay. do you think this is the best season uh, by yourself in terms of quality, or have you seen better? Um. I mean, I think there was some really good points. And again, we shouldn't discount the fact that this was a pandemic season where everyone is in bubble, no travel, et cetera, et cetera. So there's maybe that helped produce certain things which were better. Um, Everyone didn't have to travel and all that. So you could get more training time, more um, more maybe set-piece time. There seemed to be a lot higher percentage of set-piece goals, a lot less open play goals, which uh, was surprising. Um, So there were a few little things which caught people by surprise but it was an entertaining season I think there were teams who could beat anyone even to the last game that sort of 6-5 with Odisha and East Bengal was, was thrilling um, the fact that Hyderabad and FC Goa almost had a playoff to get into the fourth yeah, fourth spot um, Mumbai and ATK had a playoff for the first spot everything just went to plan in a way um, if, if anybody was saying it's you know to write a script it was it was perfect um, in, in certain respects um, so I think yeah, it was a good, it was an enjoyable season, I'm sure for for everyone. Given, yeah, I got given how much I we've was, been starved of football. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I I have to say this though, I took a week off the uh, week before once everything was done and dusted. I was like, I'm not watching for one week because I had just gotten fried trying to keep. Yeah, I, did exa- I did. I did exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just took a week off, watched some early games to pass time, but mm-hmm. yeah. So, team of the year. 
Team of the year, okay. Built from the back, I think um, Amrinda has to be in goal. I think he was yeah, most clear, I mean, most equal clean sheets, but I think the number of times he saved his team from losing and managing to pick up a draw or managed to keep his team in the game where at crucial points they could have gone down a goal or two, I think, for that reason alone, um, he's my number one at the back. So India number um, one? Yeah, I think based on this season, yes. And I've always felt he's got potential if he applies himself to be there. And I think I've said this on numerous, yeah. numerous occasions. Yeah. Um, right back for me, Ashutosh Mehta. Uh, because I think, again, he had an impressive season. Given that he had COVID at the start of it, couldn't get his full fitness back. And I remember speaking to him and he said he still didn't feel fully fit at the start of the season. Um, and then, you know, midway point of the season, I think his mum went down ill um, with COVID, so he was worried about that. So he had a lot of off-field issues as well, and he still, you wouldn't have known it watching him. And he's always been one of those solid performers that I remember saying to him that if he was if he was fit, he'd be one of the best right-backs in India. And when I had him at Pune, sadly, he joined us late, so he wasn't ever fully fit. Um, but in patches, he showed me what he's capable of. And... You look at his goal contributions in terms of goals, assists, even won a penalty for his team with a little bit of good skill you don't often see from a right back. Um, and I like the fact that he can help defensively on set pieces, which <clears throat> will be an asset for the Indian team if he gets in. So for me, right back, Ashutosh. Should have, don't you feel like people should know him more? Because he's won two I-League titles. Uh, was a Stalwart yeah. or Mumbai FC? Mumbai FC. And uh, uh, Khalid and him has that connection anyway. It's just yeah, people don't know enough about him. No, I think unfortunately he's just played for, you know, whether it's wrong agent, wrong club, wrong time, whatever. It just hasn't worked worked well for him. I mean, if he'd played for a, a team like a BFC, everyone would have known about him. Um, or, you know, he played for Mohan Bagan and won the I-League in an era when people weren't watching the I-League, um, mm. which was, you know, the previous season. So I think it's just... Yeah, unsung hero in a way. I mean, the guys, I, I've always rated him highly and always been sort of on the radar of trying to sign him. Um, so I'm glad to see him getting getting his rewards finally. Yeah. Um, centre-backs, oh, it's a tough one. Um, so I'll, I'll stick with the sort of same um, formula in terms of uh, you know, keeping a number of foreigners and a number of Indians, like you have to keep, what was it? Islands on the field. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'll pick Thierry because I think it's, there's not many left-sided, left-footed centre-backs in, in the league. And I think amongst them is Seppi's delivery, the number of clean sheets they kept. And, you know, we won't talk about the finals, the mistakes he made. Um, mm. But I think, I thought he had a pretty good, uh, pretty good season um, up until... Sort of the latter start part of the season, and so we shouldn't forget about what he did in, in the beginning. Um, and then left back, I think uh, Mishra was without a doubt the most promising one. I think he, he got forward, um, and when he was tested defensively, um, he did he did stand up and and deliver. And I think he did a really good job. So to just get that balance and have an Indian centre-back in the back so that I can play more foreigners up front, I'll pick Sanat Singh. Um, I think once again, not many Indians stood out playing 
centre back this season, and I think he did he did really really well, and and he can actually play off from the back. Um, into midfield, um, these are tough ones because uh, depends how I I choose to go, but I think Roland Borges has to be there just because he was solid, popped up with goals and a lot of simple interceptions, which he made it look simple, but it's all about really good positioning and the distance he covered. And even when Jahu was unavailable, you just wouldn't even know that Jahu was missing how, how well Roland played. Um, so I think he really, really matured in that role this season. So he's one of my midfielders. So I have a developmental player. Well, obviously, we have Mishra as one of the developmental players. I'll pick up here um, just because I just really like the way the kid plays. And I think he'll good partnership with if he has somebody like Roland who can do a lot of that dirty work alongside him, he, just like he had Hazakamara. I think um, he would he would thrive in that position. Um, then in front of them, I think you look at number tens. I like Nogueira a lot, but I just have a soft spot for for Gallego, and um, he would just pip it for me just because he's sort of one of those old-fashioned South American number tens. Just looks languid, looks so comfortable on the ball, and you know whether it's dead balls, whether it's an open play, he just had that ability to pick a pick a pass the right way to a pass and pop up crucial goals and assists as well. Um, I think if if he was playing for one of the bigger teams with some of the top players around him, I think you'd just see even more um, more of his repertoire of what he can do. So Gallego is my number 10. And so what have I used? Two foreigners at the moment. <clears throat> so I can, use yeah. three, I can use three more in the remaining three positions. Um, um, I like Ortiz a lot. I really like um, him, him and um, Jorge Ortiz, the way he, just the fact that he can play out wide, either either flank, he can drift inside, he can play as a false nine, and just very difficult to dispossess and goals and assists. I thought he was, he was absolutely terrific, so um, he gets in. And then there's a toss of a coin for me in between sort of Machado and, uh, and Williams, and I think just just because he's a lookalike to me, I'm going to pick Williams. <laughs> so, um, now I just think Williams' work rate's absolutely terrific. Uh, and in terms of at crucial moments, like when the chips are down, when the team needs him, I think he just he manages to produce. And I think Williams is in there. And another big reason to put him in there is just because I'm going to put Krishna as my striker up front. So I think he just has a really good partnership with him and uh, picks himself. Gone for a very, very attacking front four of mine, almost you could say, of foreign players. Um, yeah, actually, so. some quite different from the one that I was thinking, though. <laughs> it was uh, Fall instead of Tiri mm-hmm. because he won the title at the end of it and also scored some goals. Uh, I thought of Santana as well, there, but then I had Sana just like you, so I didn't need another passing center back. I had Nogueira instead of Gallego. Ortiz, Krishna, and Bipin. I had only, yeah. now that I look at it, I had only four foreigners, which I'm very happy with, actually, now that I look at it. So, the only thing, the only thing I haven't done is I haven't put an Asian player in mind, and uh, neither of you is. Uh, Krishna's, right? Only, no, Krishna doesn't come under it, but it's okay. We don't have to have it. As long as he's in the squad, he doesn't have to be in the starting lineup. So. <laughs> oh, okay. In that case, who's the Asian? We will put. Oh, no, actually, I have, actually. I've got Williams in there. Sorry, Krishna. 
No, Williams, Williams, Williams. Williams, yeah. Okay. I don't have a foreign relation, but it doesn't matter. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, before we end this thing, I just wanted to ask you a couple of quick questions. Uh, yeah. What is the most most impressive player, action, move, something for you this season? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I just I'll think give you one. Of, you know, yeah. Like Ivan Gonzalez, uh, mm-hmm. saving, kicking that ball away against Hyderabad. in the last mm-hmm. sort of uh, having played center back i think he shifted to right back in that game and yeah you said the right place at the right time anybody else there may not be able to have, maybe they would maybe they don't you don't know but that's something that popped in my head when i was thinking about this as a moment that stood out so something like that for you um, or for a player that's fine it's a tough one i think uh I can't remember like individual moments at Sanad. It'll come to me. I'm sure after I finish this call with you, it'll it'll come to me. But um, I just think some of the work rate some of the players put in because we we would feel the heat and you know just obviously suited suited up and everything like that in Goa, especially at Patoda. And you look at some of these players who who were bombing on you know for 90 minutes, um, the shift that they were putting in and um, you know the number of times I think they. the effort some guys like ashish rai would put in, in in game game after game after game um or even um sevio gama some of these full backs who got got forward uh, repeatedly you just start to think wow hats off to them and to be able to do that repeated sprints in that kind of conditions was was testament to both fitness levels and just uh just just drive and dedication that these kids have and you know all power to them so that's something that stood out Yeah, there was also Anirudh Thapa hitting one shot with his right foot, rebound, and then hitting the next with his left foot. Both great shots. I just remember watching it and thinking, "Oh, this guy, he's he's the next generation's stand, generational player, so to speak." Hopefully, uh, who's the most disappointing? Most disappointing thing for you? Um, that's a tough one. I mean. I think you got to look at it the way BFC season just dissolved from into what it was that was rather disappointing um obviously with you know we we both followed BFC quite closely so that was I was a bit disappointed to see the way you know the mighty have crumbled and I think it also just in a way looking at the way from a fans perspective east bengal and uh kerala blasters because there's so much you just imagine how good it would be for the league for indian football with especially if we get crowds back in the stadiums and stuff like that if those two teams are you know imagine imagine the last game of the season where the winner gets the ft champions league spot in between and kerala blasters and and sc east bengal you know what that would do in terms of people watching it the atmosphere in the stadium that those are the kind of games you'd want to be at and then in a in a champions league game imagine especially this year now we're hosting it but it's it's in goa and it's probably behind closed doors but imagine if it's not and you've got champions league group stage matches where an away team like a top you're a top asian team sorry is coming and playing 
you know, like an Al Rayan versus Kerala Blasters at, at Kochi Stadium. Can you imagine the atmosphere or even the the reverse fixture? <laughs> exactly. And even the reverse <laughs> fixture would be probably sold out. So um, it's just disappointing that those two teams aren't, aren't at the levels where their, their fans are, in a way. So Absolutely. I have to agree with that. Uh, and just before we leave, the Indian team was announced. Um, mm-hmm. Lot of new players, lots of new players. Some of them not uh, even someone like Ashu who has been around for a long time. Very happy to see him get the call up. So um, mm-hmm. when you look at them, what do you think of this team? This is the next iteration. Ishan Pandita is in the team, uh, and uh, Igor, the, Igor's team actually, right? Yeah. Yep. He was, he was, I mean, I, I was wondering if first name was Igor or Ivan for some reason. <laughs> so anyway, he, he was very high on uh, Pandita, more high than uh, Ivan Ferrando was. Whenever I asked him, he was like, no, no, he's not ready, he's not ready. But uh, he, this guy was very high on him. Is that how desperate we are for goals? Um, I Look, I don't read too much into this squad because it's, you've got players who are missing because their teams are still playing in the you know AFC Champions League or AFC Cup or they've got injuries so I think it's an opportunity to test a couple of young players which is always good so yeah they're getting opportunities now which is good and after this when he plays the the fixtures which are competitive in um, in June that's when you start to look at which players are really uh, kicked on to that next level, if you want to say, and, and are ready for the national team. I think the ones that, because I don't like to read too much into players who've just been selected into a squad because, you know, they've just been given an opportunity. It's their first chance. So why judge them on something where it's their first taste of it? I think it's it's more interesting to see how certain players respond to it. Like, Ashu, it's probably well-deserved. Now he has to grab hold of that opportunity. Um, I think Roland Rainier now have to cement that position. The likes of Apoya and Suresh probably competing. You know, so you want to see players who've been around like Manvir now, who've now added another level to his game. Can they sort of make themselves permanent in that position? And it's almost good in a way that Chetri is unavailable for these games. So it's a chance to really try youngsters and now um, give them an opportunity to say, let's take a claim for, you, for that position. Um, because I think there's a lot of good young players coming through, but it's the same thing. You need to balance that with, with a little bit of experience. So should be should be good to see how they manage to cope with this, uh, with, the, with that pressure as well. Yes, we are a nation of wingers and uh, fullbacks now. It's a couple mm-hmm. of midfielders thrown in. It's it is a direct uh, reason for you know two centre backs and foreign strikers. So essentially. Yep. That's how we are. Hopefully, we can kick on from here. I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing Apuya and Tapa together. Because I think uh, Apuya is probably a little upgrade on Amarjeet at this point in time. Absolutely. And, massive, massive upgrade, yeah. And Sahal, I mean, being a Mallu, it pains me to say this, but I think he's, he's got to show a lot more for the talent that he has. So, um, yeah, I don't see him. Being, I mean, he's not been part of the squad because he's injured. But what did you make of uh, Jerry's being dropped? I know Stimas gave some uh, reason. And you were there at the stadium. Does he not track back? See, I think international people have to understand that international football um, is different from club football. And certainly, 
ISL club football compared to sort of international football against some of these. You need certain attributes in your football players. Um, and whether we like it or not, size is going to be an issue. I mean, if you look, Suresh is impressive as a, as a player. We like, everyone likes Suresh. You, but if you have a team that has Suresh, has Jerry, has Changte, um, has Anishan Pandita, has Thapa, right? And, you know, people, people like Ashish Rai this year, and you, you put Ashish Rai in there, or you put Savio Gama in there as a left back, right? Fan favorites have done well in the ISL this season. Can you imagine defending a set piece against some of these, any of the Asian nations, right? You still, yeah. you still need five, five or six people marking at the back on set pieces. So you've now got massive mismatch physically. So there are physical characteristics national team coaches have to take into consideration. I mean, you might be playing against one of the best left wingers in a thing, and can this player track back? Can he can he put in a defensive shift? And in the past, if you look at the way Udanta's game has developed, and people used to question why is Udanta in the national team? He doesn't score, he doesn't really assist or whatever. But he was there because defensively he did a very good job because that's what he trained himself to do to make sure he stays in the national team. Halichalim is another one that people would question why uh, Constantine was always picking him. He didn't score, his crossing wasn't great. This season he's obviously scored goals in the ISL, but he was there mainly because when he played, they didn't lose because he'd help his fullback um, defensively. So I think there are certain attributes required for national team um, at the international level, um, which, look, if you're playing a SAF Cup, you're playing against Sri Lanka, maybe, yeah, you can afford a Jerry in that position. You're playing an away game against Oman, would he be the best option on there or would you be better off playing Manvira out wide? Right? So I think you need to have horses for courses and, and pick your team accordingly. And, and everyone does that in, in world football. So I don't think we should criticize national team coaches for leaving one player out when you know, they, they know what they have a plan about how they're going to approach the next game. And they need players who can fit into that plan, not necessarily pick players just because they were fan favorites or, or they or they did well in a particular system that their club coach had them playing with, where they have the luxury of certain foreign players playing in positions which can make up for their deficiencies. This again, something that most people would not have picked up. That's the kind of a thing. So, yes, thank you so much. It took a lot of your time. And uh, no you always give it freely. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure, Sandeep. So see, I'll see you around soon. Hopefully, uh, once you're all vaccinated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll see you in a couple of months. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Kardim. Take no care. Problem.